Well, here we are at episode nine of season four. And today I'm going to be talking with brand photographer extraordinaire, Miss Shannon Confair. Let's go. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. I am so happy to have Miss Shannon Confair on the show today. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? Hey, Terry, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me today. Are you kidding, honey? You did the most amazing work for me, and I could not wait to get you on the show, especially on this season, which is all about niching for strength for solopreneurs. And I am so excited to hear what you have to share about niching, about how you've done it in your own business. And and as well as uh, what you've seen your clients do. So why don't we just launch right into that? You know, just talk a little bit about before you got into being a specialist in brand shoots and what you're doing now. When you were doing weddings before, talk a little bit about that and how that fits into the context of niching. Absolutely. So when I first started in photography, I was a jack of all trades. I wanted to shoot it all. I wanted to shoot newborns, maternity, family portraits, weddings. Um, I worked with businesses. I just did a little bit of everything. And I was afraid to niche down because I thought I'd be turning business away. Like, hey, if I'm Mm. able to do all these things, why wouldn't I do all of these things? And I was a new entrepreneur back then. This was 13 years ago when I started. Um, And that first business... I did build it pretty quickly in my hometown. Uh, it was pretty effortless, but it was a really small town. So eight years ago, I moved to a new town and thought that things were just going to you know, continue going as well as they were in my hometown. However, what I found was there was, number one, a lot more competition. There were a lot of other photographers who were very talented. Mm. And I was just having a hard time uh, putting down roots in my new hometown. Interesting. So... I kind of decided, well, you know, I I think I want to focus on weddings because I really enjoyed weddings. They were more profitable as a general rule. So I wanted to put my focus there. And I actually at the time came across a coach online who was teaching you how to book more brides (laughs) and brand new to the coaching industry. It wasn't even a big thing back then. Mm. Um, So I had a really hard time putting money into it, but it was the single best thing I ever did for my career. Because what she taught me was that niching down was so much more than what I even thought it was. Like, I thought if I just focused on weddings, like, that's niching down, right? And what I learned was, well, what kind of weddings do you want to shoot? There's all different kinds of brides out there. There's different styles of weddings. They're going to be at different venues. They're going to want different, you know, styles of photography. So, like, I got really clear on who I love to work with, who I didn't love to work with. And when I did all of that and I really built my brand around it, I doubled my business that year without spending another dime besides on that coach. Wow. And that was in that new market too. It was in a new market where I 
I really didn't, I didn't know anybody when I moved there. Mm -hmm. So let's unpack that a little bit. I want to just go through that process, that mental process and creative process that you went through when you were making those decisions about who do I want to work with? What type of bride? What venue? Do I want to be natural light photography? Do I, you know, what are some of the things that you were thinking about that helped you niche even further? Yeah. So at that time with that particular business, you know, I had experience shooting weddings. So I based it off of that. I thought, who do I get along with the best? Like who are my brides that rave about me, who appreciate me the most? Because that was huge. Because I was getting up into higher price point brides, like super high end, very nice weddings. But honestly, they weren't the best to work with. So Mm. I actually scaled my price back a little bit. And I worked with brides, like my brides were brides who almost couldn't afford me. They were typically Mm. paying for me themselves, but they valued photography above almost everything else on the wedding day, except of course their spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was very important to them to uh, have great photos and to work with a photographer they got along with. Uh, So I based back then, you know, I based it on my experience and on, on who I enjoyed working with the best, because if you enjoy what you're doing and you enjoy working with your clients, it's going to show in the end result too. I love it. I love it. Because some people would say, well, how do I go about, you know, excuse me, how do I go about actually finding my deeper niche? And why is that so important? Why can't I just be in like a category where there's going to be, you know, it's a little bit more siphoned, but it's not, you know, so specific that it's limiting what I can actually have to work with. Yeah. Well, you know what I heard back then, and I've it's always helped keep things in perspective is if you are speaking to everyone, you'll reach no one. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, going into the grocery store here in the States and trying to speak Italian to the cashier. Like she's not going to (laughs) understand you, right? She's not going to get what you're trying to say to her. So if you're, if you're speaking, you know, a foreign language, so to speak to your clients, they're not, they're just going to, their eyes are going to glaze over and they're going to go right past you because you're not Mm -hmm. able to communicate in a way that's effective to them because you don't know their needs, you don't know, you know, what language they're using to talk about their problems and what their solutions are. So when you niche down, you get really clear on all of that. Yeah, it does. And I I like that you made that point, because clarity of messaging is what, you know, I help all my clients with one of the many things. And you're right, you know, when you get down to that specific niche, you can have a much clearer statement of as far as who you help, and what you're about. And the problems that you solve. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you become the go-to expert in your field. So with what I do now, you know, I at one point kind of got burned out from wedding photography. I wanted some of my weekends back. I didn't, there was a lot of things that went into that decision. Oh, that's true. That's right. Weddings (laughs) are weekends. Yeah. Oh, man. And you're scheduling them, you know, at least a year out. So I got to the point, I have three kids. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing a year from now, you know? So <laughs> I want to do something else. And I was just feeling, I just felt like I was being called to a bigger purpose. And uh, that's when I switched gears, tried different things out for size, and I ended up landing where I'm at now with the brand strategy and brand photography. And I used every skill set that I learned back with my weddings and niching down then in the business that I'm doing now. And I got really clear on who I wanted to work with, who I didn't want to work with, what their needs were. And now I am, you know, a go-to expert in my field. People, my business has been based solely on referral and word of mouth. 
when somebody is online in a Facebook group posting, you know, I need a branding photographer, I usually have multiple people tagging me, even in groups I don't belong in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I love to use myself as an example because I know it works. I've done it more than once. Um, it is a repeatable process. You just have to get really clear. I think, you know, before anything else, you have to be really clear. So what are some other things you could offer as far as how to get a, a solopreneur who's kind of struggling with this generalist type of uh, thinking where they want to niche down, but they're not really sure exactly how far or how to do that, how to go about that process? Yes. So if you're already working with people in your business, uh, even if it hasn't been a lot of people, what I would say is think about your past clients and who are your like star clients? Who are the people mm. you really loved working with? Figure out what connects them to each other. Like what traits are the same? You know, what were their needs? Why did you love working with them? And then go find more people like them. Start talking to people like them. Um, I encourage people to do market research and do ideal client interviews is what I call them. And uh, ask people, you know, that you think would be a good ideal client for you. What are your needs around what I have to offer? Like, how is this showing up in your life as a problem? And what is your dream solution to that problem? So once you have all of that information, then you actually have to, you know, put your boots on the ground and work with these people and test it out. Because sometimes yeah. you might think you want to work with one type of person and then you realize you don't, just like I did. I thought I wanted to work with those really high-end brides who had, you know, $100,000 plus weddings. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was way too much pressure. Yeah, bridezillas. Um, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And, and you know, it wasn't just the bride. It was like the family and this, the dynamics. Yeah. And I, it wasn't for me um, because, it, and you know, it wasn't all about the money. It was about I had to enjoy what I was doing. So I had to test it out. Yeah, I like that because a lot of people think that they have to decide one thing and just stick with it. And I remember when I, you know, my business has gone through a lot of different evolutions. And when I started, I was kind of like how you were. You were like, okay, I want to focus on all this stuff. And because I had so much skill set wise, you know, I could write, I could design, I could do web stuff, I could do strategy, marketing, you name it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll take that job and I'll, you know, fix that brochure or I'll write this or I'll do that ad or design that logo or whatever. And it was it was great because I could actually do all that stuff. But the problem was I just got put in this bucket called graphic designer or writer. And with everybody, it was different based on what I had done for them. And so I started realizing that, oh, I got a problem here <laughs> because people were hiring me just for the technical skill which to them is they're the ones solving the problem on their end. They're just using me as a tool, so to speak. And over time, I kind of went through the same process you did. I started seeing the clients, the patterns in the clients that I actually really enjoyed working with. What were their characteristics? And for me, it was uh, solopreneurs. And they were typically in one of several different types of capacities. They were consultants that consulted with big business on corporate side. Uh, so their clients were business to business clients. And uh, the others were speakers, professional speakers. And a lot of them really didn't have a, a strong business base. So now I'm working with these types of professionals to help them build their entire business and scale it so they don't have to hire 20 people to actually make more money. And it's amazing the evolution of it because I have all this background and experience in creating and doing the technical and the geek stuff as well as the marketing. 
But what really moves the needle for my clients and what I enjoy doing most that's an intangible is the strategic and the confidence building coaching that I do. And so that's kind of where I've, I'm evolving now. And thanks to you and the great shoot that you did for me, it's making it so much easier for me to just step into that niche and focus on helping solopreneurs scale their business so it delivers a lifestyle of luxury and freedom. And that's pretty niche, if you ask me, but I can still serve a lot of people. So tell me about some of the other examples of, let's say, clients of yours that have really kind of nailed the niche thing. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to say one more thing um, yes. about the whole niching thing and, and, you know, worried about turning other people away. So mm, as a photographer, yeah. like I do still on occasion get requests for other types of shoots. And if there's time in my schedule and I feel like doing it, I'll take them on. Now, you're not going to see me advertise for those online. You're not going to see those pictures right. in my branding or my marketing. But I still get other business. So I don't want people to feel like they have to turn things away that they might enjoy doing just because they're niched down to a certain audience or certain offering. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough as you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one -on -one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. Yeah, that's a really good point. And depending on what it is you are doing, you can allow that flexibility to come in there. And <laughs> I can relate because I had one client that was dealing with some employee issues and they actually brought me in for mediation. And I'm like, I, I have no idea. But the problem, the real problem was communication. It wasn't anything, you know, legal or, you know, HR related. And it worked it out. And it was just one of those things where it was a client I had done other work for. And then they were like, Terry, come in here and help us with this. And I'm like, I'm not a mediator. And they're like, we don't care. We know you can help us. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I just did a photo shoot for office furniture. Like, that's not who I target, you know. But I'm like, hey, that could be interesting. So I did yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. But as no, far that's as great. That's a great point. Um, other clients that I work with. So, you know, I just did a photo shoot for a woman who uh, is a Facebook ads manager and strategist. She has a small boutique um, team in New York City, and they pride themselves on being an all-female staff. You know, they work with female clients. She's in the, you know, women's empowerment. She loves cats. <laughs> and so we've created this brand around all of that. And it is very clear 
who she works with and who she doesn't. Um, I was gonna say, do you add? That's okay. I can edit. I'm, it. I'm sorry. Do you add this? I was gonna say <laughs> it's all good because I was. I I should have asked you this. Does it have to be completely politically correct? Um, so before, like in her intake form, I think one of the questions is like, "Are you a douchebag? Yes or no?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But you know that fits into, and I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Jennifer Spivak. Yes, and she's amazing, and she's actually the person who introduced me to you. And it, I, I just think the world of her, she's awesome. She's very talented. And I think that that speaks volumes around not only your personality, but it will send away people that are offended by that or mm-hmm. take it the wrong way or whatever. So if she feels that comfortable asking that kind of an intake question, then that's something that, that is going to help her carve out. You know, I think a lot of us feel that we have to kind of just – be the order taker and just like whatever our customers want, we go ahead and do it. When in fact, we're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing us. Yes. And that is an excellent point. And I think that, you know, I know her whole thinking behind that was like, well, if somebody fits the, that description, then they're going to hate that question and they're going to go away. And I don't want to work with them anyways. <laughs> exactly. And I love that. It's brilliant. It it's really brilliant. is. So being polarizing is actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And that and that also speaks volumes to the level of confidence that you have. And if you're if you're really in a place where you can squarely ask questions and they they don't necessarily have to be off color or whatever, but ask very poignant questions that let people know that you're not only serious about working with the right kind of people, but that you're serious about getting results, that's going to actually attract people that are much better fits for you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, some, I'm trying to think of some other, I work with a lot of online coaches and online marketers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of them focus on women. I know one woman I've worked with before, like she focuses on women who are going through a divorce. You know, that's a very specific niche. Very. Um, I just spoke with a woman the other day. She's focusing on women who are in their 40s and 50s and they're facing all these, you know, new life changes and a new season of life. And she helps helps them navigate through that. Another very specific niche. That is super specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think when, you know, somebody lands on her page or one of their pages, they're going to know like, oh, this person is for me. I want to know what they have to say because they know the problems I'm facing and they have the solution. Mm-hmm. And the, and they're much more referable too, like you were saying earlier, because they know like people were referring you left and right with, you know, outside of, you know, your connections, people you didn't even know because you are so clear about the work that you do that it's easy to refer. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when you've got this kind of generalist approach you know, people are kind of vague on it. They're not really sure if you're a fit or not. So they're not really sure how to refer you or how to help that contact of theirs uh, solve their problem based on your resources. That's a really great point. I just had a conversation this morning with a woman who was asking me, you know, well, who can I refer to you? Like if, if I meet with somebody, who do you help? And thankfully, I'm very clear on that. So I was able to give her a quick answer. Um, but yeah, just even for referral sake, it's it's good to be clear on your niche, who you help, and what yeah. problems you solve. And it's it's like you have to trust that there are enough people out there without that pro with that problem rather that 
are available. It's just the next step is obviously getting yourself in front of them so that happens, which obviously takes time and a lot of uh, a lot of marketing savvy, so to speak. But uh, but that's pretty cool, uh, Shannon. So what are some of the things that you're working on in your business that you can share about that are also niche according to what you're doing? So I have, you know, a couple different things that I'm working on because with photography, what I'm finding is some people don't need a whole brand shoot right now, but they might need some updated photos in between brand shoots or if they're just starting out. And so I'm working on something I'm calling social shots and Hmm. they are uh, photos specifically for social media. There's like a small bite offering. Uh, much less of a commitment in time, in finances. And I'm super excited about that. So it's a little bit of the same market, people who are well-established, but they just need a couple of updated photos. They don't want a whole shoot. Or people who are just starting out, they can't afford a whole shoot, but they know they need some professional photos. So they really stand out online and Mm -hmm. um, look professional. Yeah. And that's really interesting because you're niching through your products, which I think is really powerful. And by creating the right kind of products to help people up that salmon ladder, you know, get from the kind of the intro product. This is what I do with my clients, you know, create product scale for them. And it's a great way for people to still start working with you and get to have that experience. Because, I mean, I know it was for me. Once you start working with Shannon, I'm telling you, listener, it's the best experience. You want to have her come and do more photos over and over and over. So, Shannon, I love that you're doing that. That's really cool. Now, tell us about the unforgettable entrepreneurs. Yeah, so that was going to be my next thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think the beauty in all of this is you can have different niches, um, especially when you're building your personal brand. Personally, I recommend you get solid on one and then expand from there. Interesting. So, Do you have examples of that? Well, I'll use this as an example because Unforgettable Entrepreneurs is separate from photography, right? So what it is is a support and um, networking group for entrepreneurs to get offline and get in person. And uh, we have – I have pop-up dinners, different places that I go. So it's for men and it's for women. It's for entrepreneurs just to sit down, have a meal together, and talk about what they're struggling with in business. It's a time to get Mm. real. It's a time to make connections and to just, again, feel supported because a lot of times your closest family and friends don't get it, right? And no, we, they don't. We need to surround <laughs> Amen, ourselves sister. with people. We need to surround ourselves yeah. with people who do get it. And so I am creating this atmosphere for building those relationships. So I it has a that. different name. It's run by me, but it's not all about me. It's not just my personal brand. It's Unforgettable Entrepreneurs. Yeah, and it and it really fits nicely into what you are doing because the assets that you're creating for your clients are assets that are helping them grow their business and and create a stronger brand. I know it is for me. Mm-hmm. That's how it's showing up for me. And so the the unforgettable entrepreneurs is really creating a complementary support structure because you're already dealing with these cli- types of people, these clients. And you saw a need, and it's something that you're passionate about as well. And it's true. I mean, that's why I created this podcast. Being a solopreneur is lonely. Mm-hmm. You know, we're out, all out there banging around, doing our own thing, and and we don't really have a lot of people that we can totally relate to and, and empathize with because we're living it all together. So I love that you're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm also 
uh, now building out more of a coaching program for people who are just starting to build their personal brands. And I'm I'm working now with people who were me back when I wanted to niche into weddings and I didn't know how to do that and I, I didn't understand the depth of it. So I mm-hmm. want to help those people that are in that position now. So I have your unforgettable brand. Um, that's the name of my program. Uh, it's, you know, it's my first trademark, which is super exciting. Yay. Good for you. <laughs> um, so that's another thing I'm doing that's not photography, you know, and all these things are semi interconnected, but they, I have to speak to different people. And there's, so there's different messaging around right. each one. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Plus it also makes sense from a business standpoint, because you're the talent and you're the one who's physically having to get on a plane, fly somewhere, do the shoot with your client, which could be multiple days. I mean, you and I worked together for four or five days on my shoot. Not that I was a problem client, but it was just, <laughs> we, we just dragged having, it out because we, we were, were having enjoying, so much fun. <laughs> we were enjoying the beach a little bit too much in between shoots. We're like, hey, let's go here now. Oh, let's scout this location. Oh, that looks, that palm tree over there looks pretty nice. <laughs> it was a blast. I would change it there. Yeah, we, we had a good time. I was having a hard time getting Shannon out of the breakers though. Boy, that was difficult. Oh, such a yeah, beautiful Yeah, we had a good location. time. Uh, sorry, I digress. Yes. Um, I don't even remember the point I was trying to make. <laughs> this is what happens when we chat. I know, um, right? When we, we, we regress or whatever. So, but, um, yeah. well, no, what the point I was trying to make, oh my gosh, this is so funny. The point I was trying to make was about how you're one person and doing these other two activities, there's a digital component because I'm always listening for the digital opportunity, how we can create scale through digital means. Obviously, your course is something that can be delivered in scale. And this networking thing uh, with the unforgettable entrepreneurs and the support, in-person support dinners, that's something that can also, you know, form on its own and be led on its own with the right kind of organizational structure. And uh, and you can also participate as well, because you did when you were down in Palm Beach with my shoot. We had a unforgettable entrepreneur event, uh, the pop-up dinner that was a lot of fun. So I think that that's really important when you look at your business and your niche, finding out ways to get more revenue coming into your business by doing the uh, the digital aspect of it is a way to really find niche and and niching in each one of those areas is really critical. So I love the examples that you gave, Shannon. That's awesome. Thank you. So any final thoughts about niching or what you're most excited about in your work? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you're afraid to niche down, just do it. Just try it out. Gain some clarity. Test the waters to see who you really love working with because it will... I think it's one of the greatest things you can do to impact your business on a big level. Um, you don't want to be a commodity, right? I want you to think about photographers. I guarantee everybody listening to this knows a dozen photographers. Yeah. I feel like we're a dime a dozen. Yet <laughs> my clients are flying me all over the world to work with them when they could just hire somebody in their hometown. There's a yeah. reason for that. You know, I've niched down. I'm really clear. And I provide value. So if you can do those things, I think you can scale easier. You become the go-to expert, and it just elevates your overall brand. I agree. I agree. And and uh, <laughs> I would fly you all over the world, too, because you do <laughs> awesome work. So um, I am so happy that we got to have this conversation. And just for the listener, I'm going to have lots of information about 
Shannon and her work on the show notes page. But if you want to check her out, you can go to shannonconfair.com. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N-C-O-N-F-A-I-R.com. And she does fabulous work. Please connect with her on social. She's very well networked and she's very active on social. I, Shannon, I, I always enjoy your posts and everything. And, and it's a great way for us to stay in touch. So, but I'm going to be coming up to PA soon to come visit you. So uh, we'll get to hang out then. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.